Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. Big things have small beginnings. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 120, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And as always, a huge hi and welcome to you all, whether you are a returning listener, whether you are a brand new listener, whether you're brand new to this particular series of podcast episodes, no matter how you're here, I'm so grateful that you are here. And this episode is a special episode. This is what I call a nanorama. And what is a nanorama? Well, if you've not listened to any previous nanorama episodes, they are slightly shorter, although not by much. They tend to focus on two movies. At the moment, they're two movies that are linked to each other. They are sequels to each other, for example. And they tend to focus on tidbits of information from those movies. And it's normally movies that are probably never going to get a full episode dedicated to them, but movies that I still think deserve a mention. So really, this is the honourable mentions section of Verbal Diorama. And last month was the first Nanorama episode. It was on Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection after full episodes of Alien and Aliens. And I really wanted to continue with the Alien theme. And I wanted to continue with the Alien prequels because they are two very different movies. Um, And they're two very different movies for a reason. So we're just going to jump straight in. And we're going to be starting with... Prometheus. A king has his reign. And then he dies. It's inevitable. civilizations that were separated by centuries and yet this same pictogram was discovered in every one of them you're smiling i think they want us to come and find them where will he 
here because of a map you two kids found in a cave. Not a map. An invitation. From whom? Please tell me you can read that. Prometheus, are you seeing this? Whatever that probe is picking up, it's reading life form. What do you mean a life form? Oh, the head. They're changing. Changing into what? the accomplished archaeologist Dr Elizabeth Shaw and her partner Charlie Holloway along with a 17-man crew embark on an ambitious deep space scientific expedition. Aboard the revolutionary space exploration starship USCSS Prometheus, the team sets foot on the rocky terrain the desolate exomoon LV-223 in the year 2093 to investigate the existence of the superior extraterrestrial species known as the Engineers. But there, inside a mysterious complex structure of cavernous dark chambers and an intricate underground system of tunnels, more enigmas await. Now, a terrifying discovery threatens not only the outcome of the bold outer space mission, but also the very future of humankind. Is the world prepared for the answers to the fundamental questions of human existence? We'll quickly go through the cast. Numi Rapace as Elizabeth Shaw, Michael Fassbender as David, Charlize Theron as Meredith Vickers, Idris Elba as Yannick, Guy Pearce as Peter Wayland, Logan Marshall Green as Charlie Holloway, Sean Harris as Fifield, Rafe Spall as Milburn, and a slightly smaller role for Benedict Wong, who would become Benedict Wong in the near future, as Ravel. Prometheus was written by John Spates and Damon Lindelof, and directed by Ridley Scott, based on characters by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. Now, in 1979, Ridley Scott's Alien came out to huge critical and financial success, despite Fox's attempts to claim the finances were less than stellar. You should have a listen to the Alien episode for more on that story. So, Ridley Scott returning to the franchise in any capacity was a huge deal at the time. And also, we forget how highly anticipated Prometheus was. This movie was set to be absolutely huge. It was the return of Ridley Scott and it was the return to the Alien franchise as well. In Greek mythology, Prometheus is a titan god of fire. Prometheus is credited with the creation of humanity from clay and of defying the gods by stealing fire and giving it to humanity as civilization. Prometheus is known for his intelligence and for being a champion of humankind. In the Western classical tradition, Prometheus became a figure who represented human striving, particularly the quest for scientific knowledge, and the risk of overreaching or unintended consequences. 
In particular, he was regarded in the Romantic era as embodying the lone genius whose efforts to improve human existence could also result in tragedy. Mary Shelley, for instance, gave the modern Prometheus as the subtitle to her novel Frankenstein, which came out in 1818. The ship, being called Prometheus then, is incredibly foreshadowing. Why couldn't they have just called it Happy Times and Sunshine? But I guess that wouldn't work in the context of the themes of not only this movie, but the plan Ridley Scott originally had for his Alien prequel. It was back in 2002 when Scott started development on the sequel, in which he wanted to explore the engineered origins of the alien creatures, specifically the alien space jockey, a character briefly seen in Alien as the deceased pilot of the ship the Nostromo crew investigate. James Cameron would, at this point, also get involved and start writing a story based on Scott's ideas. However, 20th Century Fox had other plans for the franchise. A script was sent to Cameron outlining a crossover between the Aliens franchise and the Predator franchise, which would become Alien vs Predator. More on that in a little bit. James Cameron hated that idea and so stopped working on this Alien sequel project. In May 2009, Fox stated that the project was a reboot of the franchise, not a prequel, and in June 2009, development stopped after Scott's choice of director, Carl Eric Rinch, was dismissed by Fox, who wanted Ridley Scott to take up directorial duties. And they weren't interested in continuing with the project unless Ridley Scott was director. Scott signed up to direct the movie, now confirmed as a prequel to Alien, in July 2009, and John Spates was hired to write the script based on Scott's story for an Alien prequel. Fox tentatively set a release date December 2011 for the movie, now titled Paradise, named after John Milton's poem Paradise Lost. Damon Lindelof was brought in for rewrites of Spates' script, and in October 2010, Lindelof submitted the final draft for his amended screenplay. The release date was put back to March 2012, after filming was set for January 2011, but this would be amended again to June 2012. Paradise as a title was canned after Scott believed the title gave too much away and it was Fox CEO Thomas Rothman who suggested the title Prometheus and additionally every effort was made to distance Prometheus from the Alien franchise which would follow it canonically. That it would retain strands of Alien's DNA but would be a wholly unique movie and that it would tackle the origins of humanity's existence as well as the link between humans origins and the space jockey and the creatures we would come to find in Alien. Anne Hathaway, Natalie Portman, Gemma Arterton, Carey Mulligan and Abby Cornish were all linked to the lead role of Elizabeth Shaw, but Swede Numi Rapace had found international fame in the original Swedish adaptations of Stieg Larsson's acclaimed books as Lisbeth Salander in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy of films, also called the Millennium Trilogy, the first of which would be remade in Hollywood with Rooney Mara in the lead role, as well as Daniel Craig. The second would star Claire Foy in the role, and she also found more fame in the Sherlock Holmes sequel Book of Shadows in 2011, which was her first English-speaking acting role, before being cast as Elizabeth Shaw. Ridley Scott had met Numi Rapace after the release of the Millennium Trilogy and expressed a desire to work with her before casting her as Shaw. Rapace worked hard to perfect a British accent for the role. Charlize Theron was originally wanted for sure, but was committed to Mad Max Fury Road. But when production on that movie halted, she became available for this one. And listen to episode 105 for more on Mad Max Fury Road. Originally, Peter Wayland was going to be portrayed as both an old and young man, with David accessing Wayland's dreams, where he's a young man surrounded by beautiful women. The dream sequences were cut, but by that point, Guy Pearce was already cast, 
And this is why we don't see him as a young man. It's simply Guy Pearce in old age prosthetics. Scott's original choice for Wayland was Max von Sydow. The production of Prometheus was clouded in secrecy and principal photography began on the 21st of March 2011 at Shepperton and Pinewood Studios here in the UK, including using the famous 007 stage, which was increased in size by over 30% to accommodate set pieces required. Shooting also took place on location in Iceland at Detifoss at the Vatnajökull National Park, one of the most powerful waterfalls in Europe, chosen for its rough Jurassic-like look for the scene where the engineer consumes a dark liquid and in essence creates humanity. Themes of creation, artificial intelligence, as well as humanity's relationship with their gods and punishment for defying the gods run throughout Prometheus, which at least attempts to be, in inverted commas, smart sci-fi, that the search for answers continues despite setbacks and copious amounts of death. Filming also took place in Spain and Jordan, with Ridley Scott avoiding the use of green screens wherever possible. Reportedly, they were used fewer than six times during the entirety of the shoot. Pretty much all of the sets were built practically and modelled in 3D, including the caverns, the moon chambers on LV-223, and the interiors of the Prometheus. The concept artists working on the film had to get used to creating set dressings that could be rotated in 3D and viewed from every angle. The garage airlock itself was nearly 200 feet long. Even the med pod, where Elizabeth Shaw gives herself an emergency caesarean section, was fully functional. When it came to the look of LV-223, the team had a visit from NASA specialists who talked about the potential look of different exoplanets and these real-life scientific ideas informed a lot of the artwork. The team also had access to photos of ice being expulsed into the atmosphere of Saturn's moon Enceladus, as well as NASA reference imagery of our planet's mountainous regions as seen from space and other planets, including Olympus Mons on Mars, all of this information was given to the art and VFX departments to create the look of LV-223. The art department started small with just two people, Arthur Max and Steve Berg, which evolved over time. As Berg left the project, new designers were hired, eventually becoming a 24-hour art department with offices in both London and LA collaborating over Skype. The mutated five field effects were achieved mainly through the use of makeup and prosthetics. Due to concerns that the practical effects would be unsatisfactory, the filmmakers completed an alternative version of the sequence in which Fifield was registered as a digital character with elongated limbs and an engorged translucent head incorporating a semblance of Harris's face. Three other variants of the mutated Fifield were modelled, but these were rejected as being too inhuman. Creature designer Carlos Huante, who also worked on The Mummy and Hellboy, chose to make the creatures pale as a comparison to Alien's black H.R. Geiger designs. And H.R. Geiger has actually an altar dedicated to him in the headroom set of this movie, which contains many Geiger Easter eggs in the sculpture hanging from the wall within the alien form. Huante decided to keep his creatures white and embryonic, as to also reference the pale-skinned engineers, which were eight-foot-tall humanoids with full-body prosthetics, and they were also digitally enhanced to preserve their godlike physical perfection. The snake-like hammerpede was a mixture of CG and practical effects, with the wires controlling the puppet removed in post-production. Like in the original Alien, where the hammerpede emerges from the character of Milburn's corpse, the puppet was controlled externally with wires, but the other actor in the scene, Kate Dickey, didn't know it was going to occur, and so her screams in that scene are real. Translucent sea creatures were used as inspiration for the hammerpede, as well as the trilobite, the tentacle creature Shaw cuts out of her own womb, which closely resembles a squid or an octopus. 
This was also a practical creature, a remote control animatronic with silicon skin, which would create tentacles as it developed. For the adult trilobite, Arthur Max went into Earth's history and found an arthropod creature from the Cambrian period, as well as taking inspiration from Jean Giraud's alien octopus in The Long Tomorrow. The final creature unveiled in Prometheus is the Deacon, which was created in the image of its genetic lineage with Shaw and Holloway followed by the trilobite, which impregnates the engineer to give the Deacon its long pointed head and its jaw was inspired by the goblin shark. Prometheus had a huge marketing campaign, including viral marketing at 2011's San Diego Comic-Con and 2012's WonderCon, and a partnership with Verizon, which advertised David 8 Androids, narrated by Michael Fassbender. When it was released, Prometheus sold £1 million worth of pre-sale tickets here in the UK and became the most pre-booked film at that time. Prometheus would go on to earn $403 million worldwide against a $120 million budget, becoming the 18th highest grossing film of 2012. Its critical reception would be mixed, but its visuals and main performances would be almost universally praised. But Prometheus would leave behind lots of questions in its wake and more than a few plot holes. Ridley Scott would reiterate that Prometheus was a standalone story with DNA links to Alien, but with Prometheus only asking questions and not answering them, Damon Lindelof suggested this was intentional with sequels planned to answer those questions. And in August 2012, a sequel to Prometheus was announced. And so we fast forward a few years, 11 canonically and five in its release date to the next movie that I'm going to be talking about, Alien Covenant. You've all sacrificed so much to be here and be a part of this thing we're doing. This crew is made up of couples. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. And everyone back on Earth is really grateful for your hard work and your courage. We're making history here. This is wheat. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. What happened here?
In 2104, almost 11 years after the disastrous expedition to the distant moon LV-223, the deep space colonisation vessel USCSS Covenant is on course for the remote planet Aurigai 6, with more than 2,000 colonists in cryogenic hibernation to build a new world. Instead, a rogue transmission entices the crew to a nearby habitable planet which resembles Earth. As a result, the unsuspecting crew members of the Covenant will have to cope with biological foes beyond human comprehension. Now what started as a peaceful exploratory mission will soon turn into a desperate rescue operation in uncharted space. Is there an escape from the treacherous, mysterious planet? Question mark. Let's find out. Go through the cast of this one. We have Michael Fassbender returning as David and also an additional character, Walter. Catherine Waterston as Catherine Daniels. Billy Crudup as Christopher Oram. Danny McBride as Tennessee Farris. Damian Bashir as Dan Lope, Carmen Ijogo as Karina Ram, Jussie Smollett as Ricks, and Callie Hernandez as Upworth, featuring uncredited appearances from Guy Pearce as Peter Wayland, James Franco as Jacob Branson, and Numi Rapace as Elizabeth Shaw. Alien Covenant Story was by Jack Paglin and Michael Green. The screenplay by John Logan and Dante Harper was directed by Ridley Scott and based on characters by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. So in 2012, Ridley Scott started hinting about his Prometheus sequel, that it would follow Elizabeth Shaw to her next destination after surviving the events of Prometheus, but that it would not immediately lead into Alien. He also confirmed no xenomorphs would be seen in the sequel, something he would later contradict. Damon Lindelof would ultimately decide not to return for the Prometheus sequel, which in 2015 was confirmed to be titled Alien Paradise Lost, a nice little nod to the original title of Prometheus, and both Numi Rapace and Michael Fassbender were confirmed to return. But in the finished film, Rapace only has a glorified cameo. In the original Alien Paradise Lost script, Shaw and a disassembled David arrive on the engineer's home planet, and it's explained that she got lonely and reassembled David and they start to become friends. And then David kills all the engineers on the planet and that paradise simply cannot be paradise because paradise is always going to be hell. Originally, Ridley Scott believed it was essential to keep Elizabeth alive. However, the alien covenant we get skips over the remainder of Elizabeth's life and her death at the hands of David. Rapace would shoot a week's worth of scenes eventually, but no new footage of her appears in the finished movie. Paradise Lost would have drifted even farther from the alien mythology and focused almost exclusively on the backstory of the engineers, the origins of humanity and how the engineers created humans and xenomorphs. The prequels would then conclude with a film that ties itself into the original alien movie and its sequels. Scott felt that the alien franchise had lost its touch and that fans had grown tired of the overexposed original xenomorph creature, and as such, he wanted to try a different approach. It was a struggle between his artistic integrity and clearly what was and what wasn't working when it came to audiences. Catherine Waterston was cast in the lead role of Daniels, the second time she had worked with Michael Fassbender, in a role that was considered also for Summer Glau, Carolyn Murphy and Alice Eve, Shooting was set to take place in Australia due to lucrative grants by the Australian government. Filming also took place in New Zealand. The initial screenplay was written by Transcendence screenwriter Jack Paglin in June 2013. In March 2014, Michael Green was hired to rewrite Paglin's script. Dante Harper later wrote a new script, but an extensive rewrite was performed by screenwriter John Logan. Logan's main concept was to take the philosophical elements of Prometheus and the horror of Alien and combine the two. Ultimately... 
This sequel would take a different turn to Prometheus and the focus on the movie would be Michael Fassbender in a dual role as androids David and Walter who are as different in tone as both of these prequels are. Due to the divided fan reactions to Prometheus and one of the major criticisms being the lack of xenomorphs, Ridley Scott partially abandoned the new direction of Paradise Lost and reintroduced the alien mythos into this movie much sooner than planned. Now renamed Alien Covenant and now very much not a direct sequel to Prometheus. Alien Covenant's design team still had their work cut out for them when it came time to reinduce the film's eponymous antagonist to new audiences as well as debut a whole new creature design in the Neomorph. Ridley Scott still wanted a huge practical presence in the creature work on Alien Covenant and creature designer Connor O'Sullivan drew on the same biomechanical Geiger-esque designs from the original Alien while not mimicking that design to show the evolution of the creature. Baboons and praying mantis were used as reference points for its movements. The storylines through Prometheus and Alien Covenant is that these creatures are naturally occurring and genetically diverse, having engineer, human and alien DNA. The Xenomorph has always had humanoid features, obviously because it was played by man in a suit in Alien, but the humanoid features add to the nightmarish appeal of the creature, and this was a creature that audiences really, really wanted to see in a movie that was a prequel to Alien. The Xenomorph scene in Alien Covenant was created between Scott and O'Sullivan, who created different models, a nine foot tall and a six and a half foot tall model, which were physically on set. Effects houses Odd Studios and Creature NFX provided the film's makeup and animatronic creature effects, respectively, while Australian-based effects house Animal Logic provided the film's digital visual effects. Approximately 30 people from Creature NFX worked on the project for almost six months building animatronics. Actors wearing creature suits with animatronic heads were used to portray the aliens on set. And David's breeding of alien creatures from airborne viruses to chestbursters may not make sense from a narrative point of view, although most call back to the airborne alien virus from one of Alien 3's unused scripts. But having David being the engineer of the alien that we come to know is born of David's utter contempt for his creator, his creator being humanity. And we never actually find out why the engineers themselves want to destroy humanity either, but I digress. Faith, mankind's relationship with God and the origins of humanity are all major preoccupations in these two alien movies. From Elizabeth Shaw seeking God for answers about her father's death, to David asking Peter Wayland in Covenant's opening scene who created him. Peter Wayland claimed to be a God in Prometheus, with David as the proof that he created life. In his opinion, that put him on the same plane as the engineer and gave him the right to immortality. The engineer obviously didn't agree and it capably demonstrated that claiming to be a god can be a dangerous thing. And now with Alien Covenant, David is claiming his own version of godhood by not only being indestructible, but also determined to create his own species and setting it loose on the universe to cement his total domination. Alien Covenant, despite giving the viewers more of what they wanted, didn't do as well as Prometheus at the box office, grossing $240.9 million against a $97 million budget. Ridley Scott planned two further sequels to lead into the first Alien film. The screenplay for the Alien Covenant sequel was completed in 2017, and despite the financial disappointment of Covenant, Fox still planned to forge ahead with the sequel. Going back in time a little bit, in 2015, District 9 director Neil Blomkamp announced plans to helm the fifth film in the Alien franchise. His concept was based on his own original artwork and was set to take place immediately after events depicted in Aliens, ignoring Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Franchise stars Sigourney Weaver and Michael Bean were set to reprise their roles as Ripley and Hicks, respectively. 
However, as both the Alien 5 project and Alien Covenant were moving forward simultaneously, Fox wanted to prioritise Alien Covenant and asked Blomkamp to delay his project until the release of Alien Covenant. But unfortunately, his Alien 5 movie was cancelled by Fox in May 2017. Also in 2015, Scott announced that Covenant would be followed by a third prequel, tentatively entitled Alien Awakening, which was designed to closely resemble and tie into the 1979 original. However, the poor performance of Covenant once again forced Scott to reconsider the direction of the franchise, and with Disney's acquisition of Fox, the Alien series is now reportedly being taken in a new direction, with an Alien TV show by showrunner Noah Hawley, which focuses on the executives who've made a profit from sending so many Wayland yutani employees to their doom in pursuit of these alien creatures. Alien Covenant is where the franchise finishes for now, but I just want to say one final thing, because I need to thank my friend and patron of this podcast, Scott, because Scott actually bought me a copy of Alien Covenant on Blu-ray. And he also came around my house and watched it with me. Scott is a genuine treasure. I know he's listening to this. To thank him, I bought him pizza. And literally the greatest gift that I could give him was he had cuddles with Jess pretty much all night. And regular listeners to the podcast will know who Jess is. Jess is the, the cat of this podcast. And she is now a huge fan of Scott, specifically a huge fan of Scott's lap. So, <laughs> as most cats are. But a huge thank you to Scott for buying me a copy of Alien Covenant, because without that, I would not have been able to watch this movie. I, I would have been able to watch this movie, but it's always nice to have a physical copy. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts on Prometheus. I would love to hear your thoughts on Alien Covenant. I'd love to hear your thoughts on both. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on this Nanorama format because it is a little bit different to normal episodes. I do plan on continuing them. So if you tell me that you don't like them, I'm still going to continue them. I'm going to do these episodes monthly and next time I'm actually continuing the Alien theme further because I mentioned Alien vs Predator earlier on in this episode. And I want to actually now look at Alien vs Predator and Alien vs Predator Requiem. Just to sandwich this Alien franchise off, I think that's me done for Alien movies. The Christmas Nanorama will not be Alien-themed, I promise. It will be Christmas-themed. But if you did enjoy this episode, if this is the first Alien-themed episode that you've ever listened to, there are previous episodes of this podcast. There are two full episodes that are dedicated to Alien and Aliens. So Alien is episode 108, Aliens is episode 114, and there's the previous Nanorama episode, which is dedicated to Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, and that is episode 115. So if you are interested in the franchise as it currently stands, then please listen to those episodes. If you did enjoy listening to this podcast, or you do enjoy listening to this podcast, it would be really cool if you could tell someone about this podcast, if you could leave a rating or review, that would just be amazing. And if you want to follow me and talk about any of these alien movies, because I am open to talk about them, you can follow me at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can also check out my website, verbaldiorama.com. I mentioned Scott earlier. Huge thank you to him and the other patrons of Verbal Diorama. If you do want to become a patron, it's verbaldiorama.com slash Patreon. And finally... I'll do the fingering. <laughs> Sorry. How did they think that line would not make people laugh? How did they not think that? Who wrote that line in the script? I really want to know. I tried to find out who wrote that line because it is literally... <laughs>
<laughs> I am such a child. But that line made me laugh out loud so hard when I saw this movie. And it's not a funny scene. It's a very serious scene between David and Walter. But Scott can attest to the fact that I literally chuckled out loud. Uh, I'll do the fingering because it's really funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Movie should know.